Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. Hallelujah. Would you mind putting your hands together for Jesus? Amen and amen. It's a blessing to be here and to be a part of another edition of the times of impartation. Hallelujah. And I believe that whether you're physically present here, whether you're joining in online, God is going to bless you and you're going to receive an impartation. Amen. Close your eyes and lift up your hands unto the Lord. In the name of Jesus, we gather today. We bless you, Lord. We worship you. Lord, we proclaim you now and your mighty power and your awesome majesty. Lord, come upon us now and release your power and let your presence fall. Sing it one more time with me. Come on. Lord, we proclaim you now and your mighty and your awesome majesty. Sing, Lord, Lord, come upon us now and release your power and let your presence fall. Oh, oh, oh. Lift your hands, make melody to the Lord. Tell him, Oh, 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 oh Lord, we worship you. Oh, 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 Lord, release, release your power and let your We thank you, Lord. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your power. We ask today that we will experience your presence and we'll receive a touch of your power in Jesus' mighty name. 
be glorified in our meeting here tonight. And I pray in the name of Jesus that the sweet Holy Spirit, that great teacher, will brood over us in Jesus' mighty name. May he bring to light and may he give us a deep understanding of your word, of the person of Jesus, of the kingdom of God, and of your plans for our lives. I magnify your name tonight in Jesus' mighty name. And the people of God shall say loud amen. amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you. Take your seats. And please turn your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 28. And we're going to be reading from verse 18. It occurred to me earlier on this evening in that our times of importation are more or less like, you know, a Bible school training. Like a school of the word. Because I was reflecting on the different things that I have taught, that we have learned during the times of importation. We learned, for example, all about fasting. This was at the beginning of the year. And I took you through a very detailed, intensive teaching on what fasting actually is. And then I spent some weeks teaching you about the Holy Spirit. Different teachings about who the Holy Spirit is, his mission, his mandate, his work in the life of the believer. I believe I've also taught on who Jesus is and what his mission was. And these past few weeks I've been teaching on the parables of Jesus. Now, all these teachings are very detailed ones, and you can have access to them if you check out my podcast, By the Grace of God. All the, those messages are there. They will be of immense benefit to you. So, what I'm actually doing through these times of importation is to give you deep teachings on biblical doctrines and on biblical truths that will deepen your relationship with God and that will cause you not to be a flighty Christian, somebody who is very airy, who is not deep in the things of God. The Bible says that there's a time in every Christian's life when he or she is supposed to be a teacher. But unfortunately, the story of many Christians is a story of believers who have stayed as babies for a long time in their Christian experience. And they cannot handle the meat of the word of God. And you always have to feed them with the milk of the word. And they have not matured and developed to the point where they can take responsibility for other Christians, up-and-coming believers, young people in the faith, new converts, new believers, new disciples. They cannot take responsibility for them or over them to teach them the word of God. I believe that I have an assignment and I have a mandate from God 
to teach you the word of God and to make disciples out of you. Hallelujah. And I am putting on hold my teaching on the parables of Jesus because certainly it's not something that I can finish now. So we are going to take them in segments. You can assume that I finished the first segment. I will come back to it later on. But I want to move on tonight and share with you about discipleship. Discipleship. Everybody say discipleship. Say it again, discipleship. And I ask you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 28. And we're going to read from verse 18. Jesus came and told his disciples. I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. And now turn with me to Luke chapter 14, reading from verse 25. Luke 14, reading from verse 25 to verse 33. A large crowd was following Jesus. He turned around and said to them, If you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else. Your father and mother, your wife and children. It didn't say husband, but it, is, it includes husbands. It includes husbands, you know? Because some people like to create a doctrine out of this. It includes husbands. It includes husbands. Your father and mother, wife or husband and children, brothers and sisters. Yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. But don't begin. Until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money. And then everyone would laugh at you. They will say, that's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. Or what king would go to war against another king without first 
sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether his army of 10,000 could defeat the 20,000 soldiers marching against him. 32. And if he can't, he will send a delegation to discuss terms of peace while the enemy is still far away. Verse 33. So you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his holy word. Discipleship is what we want to learn about. Now, if you check from an English dictionary, you may find out that in general terms, discipleship is the process of making disciples. Discipleship is the process of making a disciple, if you like. So that in general terms is what discipleship is. And the dictionary, the English dictionary, will define a disciple as a pupil or a student of the doctrines of another. I'll say that again. A pupil or a student of the doctrines of another. That is who a disciple is. So there are disciples of Plato. Oh, yeah, Plato. And there are disciples of Aristotle. These are pupils or students of the doctrines of these two fellows I just mentioned. So that's who a disciple is. And another definition of who a disciple is from the English Bible, I must stress again, is a learner who follows a master teacher. A learner who follows a master teacher. And so I have used some words here. A pupil, a student, a learner. And let me include another word, a follower. So all these words are used to describe who a disciple is. And so discipleship has to do with the process of creating or making such a person. A disciple, a student, a follower, a learner, or a pupil. Now, to help you understand this whole concept of discipleship, I want to present something that you can relate with. So you can have, let's say, a hairdressing salon or a beauty parlor. You can have a fashion center. And you can even think of an auto mechanics shop. Usually in these types of places, you find people we call apprentices. 
What are they there to do? They are there to learn from their master or from their mistress. To learn whatever trade that master or mistress is in. And that learning includes both theory and practicals. But really, at the end of the day, the aim of the intention of the master or the mistress is that that apprentice will become like him or will become like her. So that if the person is learning how to sew, if your madam is a good madam, you know, there are some teachers, they don't want to teach you all they know. Because the mindset is, if you know what I know, what, what will make me more special? So even in martial arts, you find out that there is a kung fu master who has a student. The student may call his master Shifu. <laughs> and this master has a lot of skills, fighting skills. Cat paws. Eagle claws. Snake head. And various things. He would teach his students a lot of things. But often you will discover that there are some one or two skills that he doesn't teach the student. And sometimes in these movies, it is towards the latter stages. Because sometimes people want to be sure of their students before they impart every knowledge to them. There are some people, when they know certain things, they will become some way. You see. But really, the intention of every good master is to be able to teach his or her students a lot of things that will cause that student to become like him or her. Now, when he succeeds and when she succeeds in doing this, in essence, what he or she has created is a disciple. Hallelujah. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is the main concept behind this whole subject of discipleship. But now, when you bring it into Christian terms and in a Christian sense, we can say that discipleship specifically is the process of making someone a disciple of Jesus Christ. Discipleship in the Christian sense is the process of making someone a disciple of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And to do this, it involves following the teachings, the life, and the mission of Christ until the person becomes like Christ the master himself. I'll say that again. 
Discipleship involves a student or the one being discipled following the teachings, the life, and the mission of Christ until the person becomes like Christ the master himself. Because to become a disciple of Christ, you must know and you must understand his teachings. And you must understand his life, what his life was about. Because you can learn a lot about Jesus Christ from his teachings and then from his life, the things he did, the things he did. And that is why in Acts of the Apostles, look at Acts of the Apostles chapter 1. Acts of the Apostles chapter 1. The King James Version says, The former treatise, or the first book, the former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, now notice what he says, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Jesus did certain things. And he also taught a lot of things. And to know him well, and to understand who he is, it is important to know and to relate with the things he taught and with the things that he did. That is what will give you a detailed and a comprehensive understanding of who Jesus is. And I spoke extensively about that in, in that series. I mentioned that a few minutes ago. The series I thought about who Jesus is and what his mission was. So to be a disciple or discipleship involves the disciple following or the one being discipled following the teachings, the life. And the life has to do with the things that Jesus did. And the mission of Christ, what his mission was, what his work was, what his assignment was, what his purpose was. To become a disciple of Christ and to be discipled for him, you will have to follow his teachings, his life, and his mission until you become like Christ the master himself. So in Christian terms, the master is Christ. And we are the disciples. We are the pupils. We are the students. We are the learners. And the purpose of the discipleship is, it is to make us to become like Christ himself. By we following his teachings, following his life, and following his mission. Hallelujah. I'm talking to you about discipleship. Now, the Greek word for disciple is the word mathetis. Spelled M. A T H 
E T E S Mathetes M A T H E T E S and this is the Greek word which is translated disciple in our English Bibles and the meaning of that word mathetes is learner student or follower learner student or follower hallelujah mark chapter 1 verse 16 to 20 mark 1 16 to 20 one day as jesus was walking along the shore of the sea of galilee he saw simon and his brother andrew throwing a net into the water for they fished for a living. So what do you call people who fish for a living? Fishermen. What do you call people who break coconuts for a living? Incubators. Kube, you see. Mm, so we are learning something new. Now Jesus called out to them. Come. Follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little further up the shore, Jesus saw Zebedee's sons, James and John, in a boat repairing their nets. He called them at once and they also followed him leaving their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men. Amen. So from this passage of scripture, you see the process of making a disciple or the beginning of the process of making a disciple. A disciple is a learner, a student, or a follower. And this account tells us about the first disciples of Jesus Christ. But it is interesting that when he encountered them, he said to them, come and follow me and I will make you into fishes of men. So come, follow me and I will make you. So, in essence, what Jesus did with Simon Peter and his brother Andrew and with James and John, his first disciples, and that was the pattern that followed until he had his initial 12 disciples. He called on them to follow him. And in essence, what he was saying to them was that, I want you to become my disciples. And I want to disciple you. I'm going to make you disciples. So they began a journey into discipleship. Hallelujah. So we want to ask ourselves that so really, really who is a disciple? Now we are learning about discipleship. But to understand discipleship well, there is a need to understand really who a disciple is. I have given you an idea 
I've told you that a disciple is a learner, is a student, is a follower, is a pupil. That is true. But there is a deeper meaning or revelation or understanding of who a disciple is. And we can get this deep understanding of who a disciple is by looking at those who became the initial disciples of Jesus and what they went through and what happened to them. And then we can also learn who a disciple is from certain scriptures in the gospels of Jesus Christ. Because in the gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we see a discipleship process taking place there. That is where you read about people becoming the disciples of Jesus. So from these writings in the gospels, you can understand who a disciple is. So let me give you a deeper understanding of really who a disciple is. A disciple is number one, someone who has received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Someone who has received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and has pledged his or her life and devotion to him. And has pledged his or her life and devotion to him. That is to Jesus. So a disciple is someone who has received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and has pledged his or her life and devotion to him. Number two, a disciple is someone who sets out as a lifetime goal. Who sets out or sets off as a lifetime goal to follow Jesus completely. To follow Jesus completely. And to pay the price to become like him. Amen. So a disciple number two is someone who sets out as a lifetime goal to follow Jesus completely and to pay the price to become like him. That's who a disciple is. So the first one I gave you is a disciple is someone who has received Jesus as Lord and Savior and has pledged his or her life and devotion to him. That is how it begins. That is how it starts. That is the beginning of the process of becoming a disciple. You must first receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. That means you must surrender your life to him. That's the very first step. And in doing that, you must pledge your life, your devotion, 
and your allegiance to him. That's how you become a disciple. And number two, a disciple is someone who sets out as a lifetime goal. That means that this person called a disciple has a goal that will occupy him or her for the rest of his life. It's a lifetime goal. It's not just something that the person is engaged in for a season, for a little while, when it is convenient, when things are okay. That's not what a disciple does. With a disciple, it is a lifetime goal to follow Jesus, not partially, not half and half, not half-heartedly, but to follow him completely. Everybody say completely. And completely means without holding anything back. So there's a song we sing. I surrender all to you. Everything I give to you. Withholding nothing. Withholding nothing. I surrender all to you. Everything I give to you. Withholding nothing. Withholding nothing. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. Oh, I give myself away. So you can. Then we go on and we sing. Here I am. Here I stand. Lord, my life is in your hands. Lord, I'm longing to see. Your desires revealed. And then there's a second verse that says, Take my heart and take my life as a living sacrifice. So all my I give myself, I give myself away. Oh, yes, I do, Lord. I give myself away. 
so you can use me. I gave myself away. Oh, oh, oh. I gave myself away. So you can use me. That's what it is. That is what it means to become a disciple. And anytime we sing a song like this, or a hymn, take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my moments and my days. Let them flow with cheese. Let's give me another verse. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of thy love. Take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful for thee. Give me another verse. Take my voice and let me sing. That's what I do with my voice. Always only for my king take my lips and let them be filled with messages from is there another verse take my silver and my gold not a might will die withhold. Take my intellect and please use every power as thou shalt choose. Listen, my friends. These songs are songs about discipleship. That's what it is. We sing them as worship songs. We sing them as songs of surrender, yes. But there is a deeper meaning behind these songs. And these are songs that were composed... Trying to draw the mind of the believer to discipleship, to becoming a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as I've explained to you, it starts with you receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior. It doesn't end there. You pledge your life and your devotion to him. It doesn't end there. Then you set out on a lifetime goal. A goal that will occupy you all your life for the rest of your life. Not just for a part of your life. 
or a segment or a section of your life. It is for life. It is for life. So you set out on that lifetime goal to follow Jesus completely with all that you are and with all that you have. All your hopes, all your plans, all your dreams, all your aspirations, all your goals, with all your worth, all your resources, all your silver, all your gold. That is why if as a child of God, you cannot fulfill a basic Christian responsibility of giving offering and paying tithe, you are lost. You are totally lost. Because discipleship, becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ, it involves following Jesus completely. And it means with everything you are and with everything you have. That is what they completely means. And it doesn't end there. Then you pay the price to become like him. Because as for the price, there's a price to pay. Unfortunately, we have taught another gospel. A gospel that creates an erroneous impression. That all it takes to be a believer or a Christian is to come to church and when an invitation is given, that if you want to give your heart to Jesus, lift up your hand, you lift up your hand and the pastor says, say with me, Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, I thank you, I thank you that you sent Jesus, sent Jesus to die for me, to die for me. Thank you, Father, thank you, Father, for washing my sins away. I receive Jesus, I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior, as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Father, thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. And it's like, that's it. That's not it. That's not it at all. That is just the first step. That is just the first step. And when these people take these first steps into Christ, we give them the impression that that's all there is to it. And so we have created in our churches a bunch of so-called believers who are very far from being the disciples of Jesus Christ. That's what we have. Because the thing is about discipleship. That's the whole essence of the Christian work and the Christian experience. It is about discipleship. But if you look at our evangelists, of which I am one. Look at how excited we are to report that we held a crusade and 1,500 people gave their lives to Christ. They gave their lives to Christ. Really. And the only evidence of it is decision forms and the list of names. 
And often we bloat the numbers. Especially those who have uh, had one million souls and all of that. Because everybody is trying to create a certain impression that we are really doing the work. But are we? Because if we are, the body of Christ should be very different from what it is today. And this thing that I'm saying, it affects me fully. I'm not just facing somebody else. It affects me fully. Because I can see that I have not fulfilled and accomplished my mandate and my responsibility to make disciples. I haven't. So we are excited just to have big crusades and report that there were so many thousands of people there and out of them so many hundreds gave their lives to Christ. And we post the pictures and we report about the healings that took place and it is as if the work is done. But the work is not done. There's more to it. It's about discipleship. Luke chapter 6 verse 40. A disciple. Do you have the English standard version of the Bible in your things? You do. Oh, you are current. A disciple is not above his teacher. Or his master. But everyone. When he is fully trained. Will be like his teacher. That is the objective of discipleship. To become like your teacher. Or to become like your master. And that's why I said. In the last part of the second. Explanation of who a disciple is. I said that he will pay the price. To become like him. That means to become like his teacher, to become like his master. That is what discipleship is about. So that, these two things are the deep definitions of who a disciple is. Now write this point down. I'm going to say something that should set all of us thinking. To become a Christian is to actually become a disciple. To become a Christian if you actually say that you are a Christian it means that you are saying that you are a disciple. That's what it is. And when we talk about the Great Commission, because we read it in Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. That's what we call the Great Commission. Where Jesus spoke to the disciples. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. But I like the New Living Translation. 
this is the great commission. Is that not so? It says, therefore, read it with me. Read it again. Go and do what? One more time. Go and do what? Make disciples of all the nations. We have just, we we have reduced the great commission to winning souls. That's not what it is. Because the winning of the souls is but the first step. But the great commission itself talks about making disciples of all the nations, baptizing them. Who are you baptizing? The disciples. That's what we are supposed to make, disciples. Not just win souls, disciples. And you are supposed to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Next verse. Next verse. Teach these new disciples. And I want to draw your attention to something. You see that here, they are called disciples. We will call them Christians or call them believers. But the truth is that in the Bible, the people who followed Christ and gave their lives to him, they were called disciples. So you will find out that the term disciples, you have them about 269 times in the Bible. And the expression Christian, you have it only three times. So it is about discipleship. And the term that was used to describe the believers... The saints in those days was the term disciples. So then we create an impression that there are, dis- there are Christians and then there are disciples. It's an error. It is supposed to be disciples. So it's a very serious business. That we are involved in. This thing called the Great Commission. And I want to say to all of us. That the call on us. To follow Jesus. And to serve him. And to live for him. Is actually a call to be discipled. And to become disciples. And you can see from my definition. Of the Bible definition of who a disciple is. That it is not this game that we are playing. Because that's what we are doing. As you are groovy. It's about disciples. And so, to become a Christian is to actually become a disciple. 
And I've just mentioned to you that in the Bible, the term disciple is what was used to refer to the followers of Jesus as well as those in the early church. You call them believers, Christians, brothers, sisters, those of the way, saints. All these words, all these expressions, all these definitions, they all boil down to one particular word that was used to refer to all these people. Disciples. 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 So, I have just introduced the subject of discipleship. And what I have done basically today is to give definitions and to set us thinking about what discipleship really is. Next week, when we come, I'm going to go deeper. And that's when I'm going to share with us what the prize actually is to become a disciple. And after I've done that, each and every one of us will have to do some soul searching and ask, are we disciples? I said to you that we've created an impression that there are Christians and then there are the radicals, the fanatics. Those are the disciples. So there are two groups. When, in actual fact, what we've been called to become is what we see as the extreme, (laughs) which is discipleship. And it comes at a cost. Which is why I read the scripture to you from Luke 40. Where Jesus said, if you want to become my disciple, you got to hate your father. (laughs) Your mother. Your wife. Your husband. Your children. Your brothers and sisters because of me. Now, when he talks about hating them, he's not talking about hating them as hating them. He's talking about where your love for Jesus is so extreme that when you compare it with what you feel for your father, your mother, your wife, your husband, your children, your brother or sister, it's like you hate them. When you compare. So, you're using that term comparatively in relation to what you feel for Jesus. That's the cost of discipleship. And he says that as you are coming into this thing, you had better count the cost. Because your silver has to go into it. Your gold has to go into it. Your strength has to go into it. Your energy has to go. I mean, can you imagine that you are the, the mistress of, of a shop. True, you have a fashion uh, 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 design center. Somebody will come to you that I want to be your apprentice. 
I'll only come to work once <laughs> a week. And then when I come, me where I live by three o'clock, I have to close and go. I mean, like, seriously? Immediately you see someone like that, what's your conclusion about the person? It's not a serious person. Which means that there are a lot of unserious people in the Christian faith. God have mercy on us. I'll continue next week by the grace of God. Rise up to your feet and let us close. Let us pray. Father, we are grateful to you for your word. You have spoken to us tonight. And your spirit is drawing our attention to something very serious that we need to work on. That your calling upon us is to become disciples. Nothing less than that. We are sorry for what we have turned the whole Christian experience into. It's about having money, having jobs, having houses, getting married, and just being happy. But there's more to it than that. Even though, as part of the blessings we'll enjoy, all these things will come in and come into play. Father, I pray that by the time we are done with this short series, let something be stirred up deep inside of us and let a new resolution be developed by every one of us everyone under the sound of my voice those who are here physically those who are watching online those who watch later on those who listen to the podcast let something be stirred up in us and may we do a midstream correction and begin to fall in line and set in front of us that lifetime goal of becoming truly your disciples. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Let everybody say, Amen. Give Jesus a hand clap if you can. Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. We do hope that you were greatly blessed. For further inquiries, please call, WhatsApp, or send an SMS text to plus 233-243-886-622. God bless you.